KMTT Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. This is KMTT, the Torah podcast, and this is Ezra Bick. And this week is KMTT Drive Week. KMTT started two years ago, exactly, the week of uh, the week of Hanukkah, the week after Hanukkah. And one week a year, only one week a year, we take time off, take a little bit of time from the daily shiur to appeal to the listeners to the community of KMTT to support KMTT. Let me begin by uh, listing the numbers and the addresses. In the United States, the office of Yeshivat Havetzion, you can, by telephone, you can donate by credit card or just to ask for instructions. The number is in New York, 212-732-4874. And the address where you can mail a check is the American Friends of Yeshivat Haaretzion, 160 Broadway, Suite 1000, New York, New York, 10038. KMTT is a listener-supported station. It has no other means of support. There's nobody behind KMTT except for you. If you appreciate it, if you want it to continue, then there is no other way for this to happen unless you, the listeners, chip in to, to keep it going. How much do we expect you to give? There's no amount. I mean, it's, it's whatever you think is right, whatever you appreciate it. But, but you should, I think, do what we call a cheshbin. There are five episodes a week, at least 40 weeks a year, 42 weeks a year. It's over 200 episodes a year. How much would you pay for a share? How much would you pay to travel to a share? How much would you pay for a cup of coffee? Okay, so I'm going to throw out a number here, but it's, it's not even a recommendation. Every person says $100, then we're, then we're in business. Any amount will be appreciated from $50 to $1,000. Sponsor a week, sponsor a month. But please take this week, take the time off. When you get to a phone, when you get to your checkbook, when you get to the mail, please be in touch. We're counting on everyone to participate. One week a year, we do a few minutes less of Torah and a few minutes of Kemach, of ensuring the Torah continues. Today is Monday, and I now pass you over, transfer you to the regular Shia of Arav Moshe Tarragon, the Inyanate Fila on prayer. Each morning Tvila is prefaced by the incorporation of a section known as Psukit Zimra, a section of Shevach, of praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The source for incorporating Shevach within Tefillah, and not just within Tefillah, but immediately prior to the main essence of Tefillah, Shmon Esrei, the source stems from a Gemara in Brachos Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis, once again based on the paradigm of Moshe Rabbeinu. So much of our Tefillahs are based on precedent, on Psukim and texts which were recited or coined 
by David HaMelech, by Moshe Rabbeinu, by the Anchek and Ezra on experiences of the Avos, on experiences of Karbanos. It's with almost, not timidity, but with caution and recognition that we don't just approach HaKadosh Baruch Hu without warrant or a prior precedent. <coughs> so in the case of Shavach and Pesukit Zimra as well, we look back to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara in Brachos says as follows, Darash Rav Simlai, Le'olam yisader adam shevacho shel HaKadosh Baruch Hu v'yachar kach yispalel. First he should articulate the praise of the Rabbonu Shalom, and only afterwards, Davin. Minalan, where does the sequence or chronology stem from? Mimoshe. Dechtev v'etchanan al Hashem ba'isahi le'mor. Moshe describes his ultimate tefillah, petitioning on his own behalf for entry into Eretz Yisrael. Dechtev, and yet the beginning of Moshe's tefillah, is dominated by his Shavach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem Elohim, Atah Achilosa, Leherosas Abdecha, Eskod Lecha, V'yesedcha, Chazaka, Hashemiel, Bashamayim, Uvaratzeh, Sheyasechem, Asecha, V'chikvorosecha. He's extolling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who has displayed his greatness, his strong hand, unlike any other God, who, who can perform the miracles and the acts of strength of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And only after this preface, or this preamble, does Moshe lodge his first request? Rev Simlai, in the Gemara in Brachos, views Moshe Rabbeinu's model as a template for our own tefillah, and hence we preface Psuki de Zimra, we are misader shevach to Akadish Baruchu, prior to launching into tefillah proper. The purpose of first being Meshabach HaKadosh Baruch Hu, first offering praise, and only afterwards davening, seems to be related to something I discussed a few shiurim previously regarding the preface of Geula, at least according to Rashi's interpretation of the meaning of twinning Geula and Tefillah. A person lodges requests out of context, without any framework. He just has his own personal interests in mind. Tefillah can be viewed as very egotistical, self-centric, and even audacious. I stand in front of the Melch Machim Lachim, and I lodge my own interests, and not only that, but those interests are, tend to be petty, small-minded, in light of the overall cosmological issues that maybe I should be discussing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shevach, as a preface to tefillah, is a manner of generating a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a passion for the Rabbana Shalom, and that passion and proximity creates a more natural framework for requests for Shmon Esrei. Gula, according to Rashi, creates memories and hopefully dreams of national redemption, which establishes a relationship of love that allows the tefillah to supersede their egotistical and almost petty potential. Shevach creates a more theological underpinning, not a historical one. But each function in the same capacity. This connection, or this role of Shevach, both in response to recognizing the wonders of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and also not just in recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's majesty, but as an exercise to create greater awareness, is quite evident in a very well-known Rambam. Aside from the mechanical mitzvahs 
Most of the mitzvahs we perform with our bodies, actions. There are some mitzvahs we perform with our minds, rational, cognitive beliefs we must, we must affirm. There are two mitzvahs that are emotional. One mitzvah is to love Hashem. One mitzvah is to fear Hashem. And the Rambam in Hilchos Yisodi Atara Perak Beis actually describes a method for generating these emotions. Actions can be legislated. Ideas can at least be posed. A person has to accept them mentally, intellectually, but at least an intellectual idea is either something which can be affirmed consciously or rejected. However, an emotion is a lot harder to um, legislate and generate. So the Rambam writes as follows. Perak Beis Hilchos Yisrael Deyatara Halacha Beis Heichi haderech lehavaso v'yiraso How does a person achieve Avas Hashem and Yiraso Hashem? And for the purposes of this year, I'll just quote the Rambam's mentioning of Avas Hashem. B'sha'ashi yisbonein ha'adam b'ma'asav uvru'av hanifla'im ha'gedolim person inspects HaKadosh Baruch Hu's world. In fact, it's a very well-known question in the Rambam. The Rambam does not single out Torah. He just describes HaKadosh Baruch Hu's general ma'asav uvru'av haniflayim, his actions and his creation. In the Sefer Mitzvahs, when the Rambam describes the mitzvah of Avas Hashem, he does single out Talmud Torah for special mention, but here he doesn't. person inquires, interrogates, explores Hashem's world. Haniflayim hagidolim, the great sweep and he recognizes the breathtaking infinity, the majesty, the splendor of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinity. Miyad, immediately, he falls in love, he becomes infatuated, transfixed by the magnitude of what he's encountering. But he doesn't just absorb it passively. Miyad hu ohev, and somehow the human soul, when kindled, when awakened to glory beyond its own horizons, beyond its own finite capacity, somehow there's a transcendent response to praise, to glorify, to extol, to sing to it and about it. It's a response of passion when a person senses something great, senses something valuable. He wants to share it with others. He wants to, becomes a bard. wants to sing its song so others can share. And somehow, by sharing with others, he's able to create some form of handle or capture the full depth or as much of that depth of the experience as the human soul can acquire. So this Rambam describes a process of investigation, exploration, which yields praise, which yields um, exaltation. One can envision, when reading this Rambam, the precedent of Avraham Avinu. On the one hand was the great discoverer of monotheism, looked at God's world and pretty much fulfilled these terms of the Rambam, Yisbonein ha'adam b'masav uvrav hanifalim ha'gedolim, and that awareness yielded his tefillah. Avraham was the first person on record to daven. And though the text of his davening isn't recorded, and we don't even see any verbal activity, he just stands in front of God, it's clear that at some point Avraham had praised HaKadosh Baruch Hu, had praised Hashem to others, to those in his generation. 
And Avraham fulfilled this transition from exploration and examination to deep, passionate identification and euphoria generating an urge to articulate and verbalize the praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to others. Pesukah Zimra is an inversion of this sequence. If recognition of Hashem's glory and infatuation with that glory yields the desire to praise Hashem, then by praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu every morning we hope to instigate that love, that awareness, that proximity, that passion, which serves as a fitting preface or preamble to our tefillah. Everything which is a consequence can also be a catalyst. So in the Rambam, praise is the consequence of that recognition and awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and love for Hashem. In our daily tefillos, it isn't the consequence, but it is a catalyst. We praise to fall in love. We praise to cultivate, to foster a deeper, more authentic awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that awareness serves as the pretext of our actual tefillos and requests. It's interesting because the more well-known source of prefacing Shavach Tetvila is the Gemara in Brachos Daf Lamed Beis, which I cited a few moments ago. But there's a slightly different nuance which stems from a Medrash. The Medrash states as follows, again, focusing on Moshe Rabbeinu and Parshas Veschan and his example, but it cites a different Pasuk and a different source for this twinning or prefacing of Shavach Tetvila. The Medrash writes as follows, Devarim Rabba Parsha Beis, Yachal person should just lodge his request and then depart. So again, the, the Medrash seems to be tackling or wrestling with the question of egocentrism and self-centricity. That's how Tefillah would look. A person enters, petitions, and walks out. Blunt, unadorned, and almost crass. Avoiding this potential, avoiding this scenario, Kvarpiresh Shlomo, the matter cites the example of Shlomo, <coughs> excuse me, a Pasuk in Melachim, Perak Ches, Melachim Aleph, Perak Ches, Lishmoa El Harina V'el HaTfila. Very well-known Pasuk, in which Shlomo envisions a higher grade of Tfila, which is defined as Rina. Either the Tfila is defined as Rina, or is associated, is accompanied by Rina. But either way, tefillah itself is enhanced, is enhanced through song, through poetry, through emotions. I mentioned this Pasuk based on a Gemara in Brachos, which demands, or at least encourages, tefillah b'tzibor. B'makom rina, sham in a public location, tefillah is best realized. So there, the Gemara in Brachos envisions, or assumes, a greater poetic quality to joint, choral tefillah, rather than personal, solitary tefillah. In this instance, the Medrash interprets as follows, L'shmoa el harina v'yelah tefillah, rina zu kilusau shel ha-kadosh baruchu. Rina zu kilusau shel ha-kadosh baruchu. The phrase rina refers to praising ha-kadosh baruchu, singing ha-kadosh baruchu's beauty and majesty. And somehow, this joining of tefillah and Rina creates a more mellifluous and exquisite experience. I think the tone of this medrash is slightly different than the tone of the Gemara and Brachos. The Gemara and Brachos is perhaps addressing it from a more practical standpoint, that our tefillos should be less egotistical, thereby more successful. 
Yisadar Adam Shavacho. Moshe Rabbeinu set out a course or a roadmap for tefillah, and in order to ensure success, although ironically Moshe's tefillahs weren't successful, but to hope for success, we follow his strategy. Whereas the Medrash, citing the Pasuk in Malachim, isn't articulating a pragmatic sequencing, but rather an aesthetic, to create a richer tefillah experience. Tefillah joined with Shevach, perhaps not in the sequence I alluded to earlier of the Rambam for Shevach to cause a greater recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, thereby yielding a natural context for tefillah, but rather a tefillah which is framed by song, by joy, by praise, by art, by beauty, rather than just unadorned requests. Either way, Shevach, Pesukit Zimra, forms the cornerstone of our tefillah and is the preface of every morning's Shachras. The Gemara in Shabbos on Davkuf Yudches lodges a very strident and almost abrasive statement which helps distill the true nature of Pesukit Zimra. Amar Reb Yossi, the Gemara in Shabbos on Kuf, Yamad, Kuf Yudches claims, Yehei chelki mi gomrei halel b'chol yom. I crave to be amongst those who recite Hallel every day. Rabbi Yossi asserts this as an ideal. Daily recitation, daily recital of Hallel. The Gemara is aghast, ain't he? That can't be true. The Amar Mar, we have a different statement. Hakare Hallel Becholi, I'm a person who recites Hallel daily. Hareza Mechari from Agadev, that is tantamount to blasphemy. Chiruf Vigidov. So how could Rabbi Yossi aspire to be a member of the Blasphemy Club. So the Gemara responds, Ki kamrinon bifsuki de zimra. The Gemara distinguishes between Hallel, as we know it, the Prakim we recite on special days, Yam Tovim, Rosh Chodesh, and Suki de zimra, the daily Shevach. Hallel recited daily is blasphemy. Suki de zimra recited daily is an ideal, an ideal that Rabbi Yossi somehow craved, and one which we institutionalize this part of our protocol of tefillah. Why is Hallel different from Sukkot de Zimra? And in what manner is the daily recital of Hallel so dangerous, so provocative as to be, as to constitute blasphemy, whereas Sukkot de Zimra doesn't um, in any way provoke that type of response? The Rav Zatzal answered as follows. So Soloveitchik claimed that the prakim of Tehillim, which we recite for Hallel, are by and large prakim which describe supernatural events, be they interventions in nature or interventions in history. But the common denominator is that the Rabboni Shalom intervenes, alters the course of our daily world. We recognize that alteration, that intercession or interception, and we respond through praise. Perhaps the parak, which describes the intervention of Mitzrayim most clearly, Parakuf Yudalid, Bitseis Yisrael mi Mitzrayim, Beis Yaakov mi Amloes, Hayam Ra'av Vayanos, Herden Yisov Liachar, Harim Rakdu Chielim, Giva Oz Kivnetzon. So we marched out of Mitzrayim led by the Anana Kavod. Everything in our way was pulverized, was flattened, was dried, was split. Nature itself was reshaped, was reoriented. Later, subsequent prakim describe our hopes for ultimate intervention. Um, 
Bechatzos Beis Hashem, Sarachi Yushalayim, Chazal say it refers to Yimot Mashiach, Tchias Amesim, Mochemes Gogu Magog. Not just intervention in nature as much as intervention in history, Akadish Baruchu reshaping the historical timeline to usher in redemption. These are Prakim, which reflect unique moments in the Jewish calendar and are both responses to the experiences which those days create and themselves generate an environment and an atmosphere for those days. Reciting Hallel on a daily basis would suggest that we are only able to detect the hand of God, the role of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the providence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the supernatural events. That every day we look for the supernatural. We, we gaze upon our world and we look for the irregular. We look for the um, atypical. That's blasphemy. That's a theological flaw. Hashem is no less evident in the day-to-day maintenance of our world, in the laws of nature, of history, of time, of science, of psychology that he installed that lend structure and durability to our world. That is no less a reflection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Chachma and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will than supernatural, miraculous epiphanies or interventions. And a person who recites Halal repeatedly essentially is asserting his inability to detect Hashem in the natural. For him, only the broad strokes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's intervention reveal the presence of Kuchibrichu. Halal is reserved for special days during the year. By contrast, by contradistinction, Psuki de Zimra is a collection of Pirkei Tehillim describing the role of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the natural, in the typical, in the routine, whether it's the morality we sense in our world, the moral presence of life and of sustenance, supporting the weak, these psukim lifted from Kuf Mem Vav, the parak immediately after Ashrei, Paseach Asiodecho, Masbiya Lachol Chayratzon, a pasak from Ashrei, from Tehillim, Kuf Mem the next parak, Kuf Mem Zayin, Describing Akadish Baruch Hu, uh, maintaining and supervising the laws of nature, Asam Gvulech Shalom, Chedev Chitmias Beech, Nosein Shalak Katsamer, snow, rainfall, wheat, productivity, Ritzon Yavi Aseh, the Eretz Hashem Esreav, Asam Yachlim Mechazdo, whether it be in the natural conclusion of history, Sukkot Zimra is a more hushed, quiet flow of Akadish Baruch Hu's presence through the annals of nature, through the annals of time, rather than a search for the extracurricular, rather than a search for the spectacular and for the supernatural. Psukkot Zimra is more suited for the day-to-day experience, whereas Hallel is more compatible with the miraculous and the supernatural. That's why reciting Psukkot Zimra is appropriate on a daily basis, whereas reciting Hallel would be tantamount to blasphemy. There are several themes that are highlighted in Psuki de Zimra. But Psuki de Zimra begins with a um, almost mystical bracha. The uh, Shulchan Arach actually uh, cites in Medrash that a petak, a little note, fell from heaven, and that note had 87 words, the Gematria of Rosho Kesem Puz, a poetic description of a Kurdish Baruchu, Rosho Kesem Puz, 
some sort of golden glow, obviously not a description we take too literally, but an analogy or a metaphor. And Baruch Shamar is notable, it's sort of the preface of Sukkot Zimra. In fact, you have to be extra careful to recite it before Sukkot Zimra, the postgame are split as to whether it can be recited after davening when Sukkot Zimra is no longer in its natural setting. It contains the word Baruch ten times. Baruch Shamar Vayolam, Baruch Hu, Baruch Hosev Reshis, Baruch The number ten is important. We'll see a bit later, Davin HaMelech recites the word Hallelujah ten times. But each of these praises of HaKadosh Baruch each of these mentions of the word Baruch, describes a, a natural event embedded within the routine day-to-day world. Sha'amar ve'ayolam, he created the world. Oseh b'reishis, omer v'yoseh, he speaks and it is fulfilled. Gozer mekayim, merachem malaretz, has mercy on his world. Merachem alabriyaz, m'shalem sachar tov l'reav, God rewards those who fear him the natural laws of cause and effect, of crime and punishment, and good deed and reward. Chai la'ad, kayam la'netzach, podel matzil, baruch shemo. So the very first bracha, or the preface, the prefatory bracha of Sukkot Zimra, establishes the overall tone of Sukkot Zimra in distinction to Ashra, in distinction to Hallel. The Sukkot Zimra is meant to reflect the natural presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not the supernatural which, if recited on a daily basis, could be tantamount to blasphemy. That same rhythm of the routine may be evidenced by another cornerstone of Sukkot Zimra. When I say cornerstone, because the three cornerstones of Sukkot Zimra are Baruch Sha'amar, Ashrei, or more appropriately, Tilal David, Tehillim Kuf Memhei, and Yishtabach, and if a person is pressed for time, and those are the three minimal installments of Sukkot Zimra, Baruch Sha'amar, Ashrei, and Yishtabach. The Gemara in Brachos questions the importance of Tehillah David of Tehillim Kuf Memhe. The first two psukim, Ashri Yishev Yisecha, Jeluchasela, and Hashem Shekachalo are lifted from other prakim in Tehillim, but those are not integral parts of Tehillim Kuf Memhe. But the Gemara in Brachos asserts that Ashrei, Tehillim Kuf or Tehillah David, Tehillim Kuf Memhe, contains two crucial ingredients. On the one hand, it contains the Pasek, Pasech Es Yodecha, describing HaKadosh Baruch Hu supporting an entire planet, humanity, as well as the animal, the flora, and the, flora, and the fauna, an entire universe of teeming with life, supported by the Rabboni Shalom. But it describes that support by attributing or assigning a pasuk to each letter of the Aleph base. Aleph, Bechol Yom Avarcheka, Beis, Gadol Hashem, Umlomiot, Gimel, after all, there are many prakim in Tehillim which describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu supporting life on our planet or in our universe. But there is no parak in Tehillim describing that process of supporting life by employing every single letter of the Aleph base. What makes this combination so unique? What makes this tandem between Pasech, Yodecha, that Pasech, and the overarching alphabetic framework of Asher. What makes that so powerful? It's not just that it is aesthetically more pleasing as a poem would be because it's written through an acronym using every letter of the Aleph base. What makes it, what makes it so parallel, what makes it so powerful? By describing the sustenance of our world, which the Rabboni Shalom performs, and describing it with every 
single letter of the Aleph base. The Aleph base is the basic framework of speech, of thought, of words, the basic framework of our reality. We are intuiting that our Kurdish Baruch Hu's sustaining of our world can be seen, can be grasped through that basic day-to-day routine landscape. We don't have to search for the extraordinary, for the miraculous. An unadorned or out-of-context pasuk describing our Kurdish Baruch Hu's providence or Hashkacha may have been cast as supernatural or super routine. But a parak, which is so comprehensive from a human standpoint, the human perspective, which sees its world and mediates its world through, the, through cognition, thought, language, and every single building block of language is employed to describe HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hashkacha, it's that combination and that combination alone which Tehillim Kuf Memhe possesses which captures the theme of Sukkot Zimra as opposed to the theme of Hallel, as opposed to the blasphemy which Hallel would maintain. Um, there's another form of praise aside from Sukkot Zimra and aside from Hallel or aside from Shevach. And this form of praise also appears from time to time in Sukkot Zimra. The Gemara in Brachos offers a very provocative statement. The Gemara says on Dav Zayin, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, I think, Mishim, Mishim ben Yochai, Miyam Shabara Kadosh Baruch Hu es Olamo, from the day Kadosh Baruch Hu created his world, the beginnings of time, Loya Adam Shehodela Kadosh Baruch Hu, no one was Modeh, praised Hashem, Ad Shebasa Leah, until, of all people, Leah, began the history of Hodiah v'hodaso. She named her son Yehuda Hapam, and she claimed Odeh Hashem. I will give Hodah to HaKadosh Baruch Could it be that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov inhabited our planet, served HaKadosh Baruch glorified His presence, and didn't praise Hashem? Evidently, this Gemara distinguishes between two forms of praise. Shevach is wondering, rejoicing, glorifying from a distance. Distance not geographically, but it's theoretical. I witnessed, I explore, I absorb the beauty, and I'm brought to praise and to love and to appreciate. Hodiah is not praise as much as personal thanks, perhaps realized through praise, and having been saved from crisis, from peril, in um, Shalach, in the um, Az Yashir, in the Shira Sayam, in the Az Yashir, Am Yisrael celebrates Hakadosh Baruch Hu's salvation. Az Yashir Moshe Avnei Yisrael Sashir Azos Lashem Vayamru Lemar Ashira Lashem Kiga Ogaa. I'll praise Hakadosh Baruch Hu for He is mighty. Uncleus interprets this as. Neshabach v'nodei I will praise and I will give hodah Rav Lichtenstein once mentioned the difference between Shevach and hodah Shevach is a speculative theoretical praise at witnessing the glory of Hashem Hodaya is thanks we thank Hashem for direct deployment or direct deliverance the end of Shimon Esrei is typically known as the section of Hodaya 
Whereas the beginning of Shemona Esrei is described as the section of Shevach. Before we daven, we praise Hashem theoretically. After we daven, to demonstrate the confidence that our tefillos are accepted, we actually perform the act of thanking Hashem for having accepted our tefillos. Modim anachnu lach, shatu Hashem lokeinu. Hatov shimchau lachan noel lehodos. The final two brachos describe hodaya ta'akadosh baruchu. Leah was the first person not to praise Hashem. That had obviously, inevitably, been experienced before, but was the first person whose prayers were answered out of crisis, the crisis of being the despised, scorned wife. And she responded to her prayers being answered, not by praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but simply by thanking Him, by being moda to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not the experience of Shevach, but the experience of Hodaya. As I mentioned earlier, most of Sukkot Zimra seems to be inclined towards Shevach, towards theoretical praise. However, there is one parak, a parak from Tehillim, known as Mizmar Lesoda, Hariru Hashem Kol Haaretz, Yivduas Hashem B'Simcha, Tehillim Parakuf, which does seem to articulate Hodaya, or Toda, as a cornerstone, in this case, a direct reference to Karban Toda, which was offered in the wake of personal rescue. Twice in this parak, the word Toda is highlighted, Mizmar Lesoda, Hariru Hashem Kalaretz, Ba'u Shiarav Bitoda, Actually, the word hodu, to a degree, also represents the recognition of personal thanks. So that Pesuket de Zimra is not just an opportunity for the Rambam's description of Shevach, witnessing our world, but personal interaction with HaKadosh Baruch Hu based on the recognition that these aspects of Hashem's morality and chesed affect and continue to affect us on a personal basis. It's very interesting that the Rambam rules that even before Pesuket de Zimru, what we refer to as Birchas HaShachar, Bracha on chickens awakening the day, calling the morning into action, a Bracha on clothing, Mal Bisharumim, a Bracha on the glory of Am Yisrael, Ote Yisrael B'Tiferah, Pakiach Ivrim, the faculty of sight, we typically rifle off these brachos in sequential order when we're in shul. The Rambam paskins in Achaz Brachos, Perak Zayin, Lachadalid, that these brachos are recited in response to the various stimuli. Kishashomea kolatarnagola. When you actually hear the chicken, you recite Hanosein Lasech Levina. When you get dressed, you recite Malbisha Rumim. When you put your frock on, not just getting dressed, you recite Oter Yisrael. When you open your eyes, you recite. When you sit in bed, you say Matir Asurim because you have awoken from that slumber, the partial death. When you place your feet on the ground, Rakar you celebrate the stability of dry land, Zarkev Kifufim, etc. So perhaps according to the Rambam, the Birchas Shachar are more attuned to the experience of Hodaya, to immediate response and thanks to personal experience rather than to our minhag, a general recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the world, providence, and systematic sustaining of our world. The Rambam perhaps turns these brachos from Shevach into Hodaya by scheduling them immediately upon interacting with these experiences which are vital to the human condition.